The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey friends, it's that time again. Welcome to another program, Afternoons with Mike, heard right here on the Shepherd Radio Network. In the studio, two ladies from the Liberty Council, one working with Matt Staver as the Director of Communication, I believe. Is that your title? Is Actually, it? Vice President of Media. <laughs> oh, well, th- there we go. Okay, that's that's even more important. Yeah. Yeah. Vice President of Media, right. Holly Mead. It's great to have you here. Thank you, Mike. It's a yeah. pleasure. And I, I've had Holly on this program, but it's been about four years. It has years. been a while, yeah, yeah. It's been a long time. And we did not record it in this studio. This studio wasn't even done when we did that. And so you invited me over to the Liberty Council. Right. We have yeah. our own studio. Of course, we do two daily radio programs and television and yeah. media and all that. So we welcomed you in our studio. So that was fun. And it was a blast getting to do my program in their studio. So mm-hmm. that was a, that was a <laughs> lot of fun. Matt Staver, while we're with you, Holly, Matt is just a, a mainstay in our community, but beyond our community, for the entire nation. He is a major spokesperson for all things Liberty. Absolutely. He's founder and chairman and started Liberty Council with the idea to help defend religious freedom, the sanctity of human life, and the family and marriage, of which we do every day. He's argued three cases before the Supreme Court. The most recent was last year, was Shirtliff versus Boston on behalf of the Christian flag. Yeah. And we got a nine to zero victory after losing four times at the lower court. You know, that is uh, a hard thing to do in today's age to Mm -hmm. get nine to nothing. Oh, I think it's miraculous. Yeah. It's nothing but an amazing feat. And uh, I know that's got to be a major thrill for any attorney uh, to win a case is great to win one at the Supreme court where the vote goes that way, it's got to be amazing. Absolutely. And I think it's also a testament of, you know, God gives us a a spirit to persevere. And like I said, we lost four times at the lower court. And it seems like a no-brainer. I mean, they allowed every every kind of flag you can imagine, LGBT flag, communist China flag, every kind of flag to fly on a public forum, which they designated as a public forum flagpole in downtown Boston, However, when they saw the application come in that said Christian flag, he said, nope, can't do that. Yeah. Didn't even know what the flag looked like. Yeah. Amazing prejudice. Yeah. denied it. And then so we went to court, like I said, four times, lost, and then went to the Supreme Court. And even some of the, the more left-leaning justices were like, why are we even here? This seems like, this is, why are we even dealing with this? You know, they even saw the ridiculousness of that. And so nine to zero later it was a great victory and also that case and also the uh the praying coach you remember that coach 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 kennedy Kennedy. yeah Yeah, our two cases were the catalyst to overturn a long-term um lemon test which was preventing a lot of religious freedom from happening so our case and that case was the the um the catalyst to stop the lemon test and that was what um antonine scalia used to call the the skeleton in the closet that just that justices would pull out or judges would pull out to scare people and so that was finally buried so that was a big um that was a big victory as well it certainly is and it's you know following up on that recently reading what happened to to coach kennedy after one game of returning Mm -hmm. He goes back to the 50-yard line, does the prayer, and then after that game, resigns. Yeah, I don't think he was treated very well when he no, came back. No, not at so all. Yeah, I think that had a you know that had a part of it as well. But he, you know, he won the case. He he was able to come back and pray, and I think that made a huge statement. It did, and it was a even though they did not treat him the way it should have been done. Talk about weird things. Who would have ever believed? I mean, a a, a generation ago. Who would have ever believed that these things would be what's talked about in America? Mm-hmm. You would expect this in a banana republic, right? I mean, right. and yet a lot of people sadly are calling our nation <laughs> somewhat close to being that kind of a, of a, of a nation. Well, that's why, you know, 
why we as the church have got to stand up and speak out and be, you know, God says in, in uh, Haggai chapter two, are you going to sit in your paneled homes? Or are you going to rise up and be the church that I've called you to be? And I think that's our responsibility as believers, as followers of Christ to speak up for these things. We're not overall, they're not talking about it in the churches. You don't hear pastors talking about these various issues because they're afraid, you know, they don't want to offend or they don't want to lose their tax exempt status. To me, are you going to stand before the Lord one day and say, well, I protected our tax exempt status or I defended life. I Mm. defended freedom. And so they're not educating the people and encouraging them to do that and to get involved in local politics and things like that. So why you have, that's why you have organizations like Liberty Council that we are defending these people pro bono. We don't charge, we didn't charge, we don't charge any of our clients anything to be able to do that because we do have some very courageous clients that are willing to stand up. Well, and that is really kind of the heart for why this meeting today, having the two of you on, and we're going to go down to our other guests and bring you in on this discussion. Michelle Archival is now the director of admissions at this school. And Matt talked about this school uh, on his uh, Freedom's Call program, the little one minute feature that he does. And that's how I heard about it in the beginning. So another arm or another extension of the work that Liberty Council's doing, it's helping and really becoming a partner with parents and students and creating CJA, if that is the acronym that you use, Covenant Journey Academy, right? Yeah. And uh, so Michelle uh, is welcome to my program. I'm glad you're here as well. Thank you so much, Mike, for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Now I understand that you're kind of a long-term Central Florida person, right? Yes, I, uh, I've i been in Florida most of my life. I moved down from Miami when I was 14. I went to high school here, and I've been here ever since in Orlando. Now you attended Boone, so those Orlando listeners would uh, <laughs> would instantly know that's a big school. Graduated from Boone High School. Yeah, Boone Braves. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And grew up here and, and attended church in this area as well? Yes, I've been at Faith Assembly for many years. You know, when I was um, in Orlando for the first two years I was here, I was working part-time back then for a radio station that was WAJL Radio. And Carl Stevens had a, he was a young guy who was a youth pastor then, I believe at that very church, and had a program called The Daily Walk. And I played his program in 1985 through 87. That is amazing. I love Pastor Carl. He is amazing. I haven't talked to him in years. I don't think I've talked with him since 87. That's how long ago it's been. I need to have that guy on my radio show. Yes, talk we can to make him. that happen. <laughs> make it happen, Michelle. So you're now the director of admissions. Tell us how all of that came about. Well, this is something that God put on Matt and Anita Staver's heart. Uh, I mean, you turn on the TV, you read the newspaper, you see what's going on in our world. This was needed at such a time as this. And um, from talking to the parents and the families, the one thing that everybody is saying is that this is an answer to prayer. So give us a little bit of the feel. We, you know, we know that there are already Christian schools out there, uh, academies of different types. Some of them are homeschool based Mm -hmm. where you might go and you might uh, attend a class one day a week. Some of them have up to three days a week. Then you have schools that are really kind of structured, not that dissimilarly to public schools in the sense that you're there five days a week, all day long, lockers, the whole deal, Mm -hmm. sport sporting events, uh, all of that. What is going to be different about Covenant Journey? Well, what really sets us apart is that we have so many different features for parents. We have a flexible schedule, which the parents have access to courses 24-7 from anywhere in the world, Mm -hmm. so they're not limited. It's grounded in a biblical truth taught from a biblical worldview. We have rolling enrollment. So classes start every week so your student can get ahead. So let's say you want you had a child or your grandchild or family member, friend who wants to enroll their child. They don't have to wait until August. Okay. Or they, could, they can join any time in the year. Any Monday they, they're able to start. Any Monday. Yes. <laughs> that, that is a rolling en- yeah. enrollment. That's great. And we have over 150 plus courses from kindergarten to 12th grade. 
Who teaches this? Did you guys hire a huge staff or how did you, how did that happen? We have certified teachers that come. It's a package deal. It comes with the certified teachers. Wow. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. So this idea, you mentioned Matt and his wife, Anita, yes. who's also an attorney there. Uh, and they're both very active in this. What What's their motivation for all of this uh, to, to get CJA going? They want to see a, a generation of courageous people in the future, kids that have been, you know, brought up with this biblical truth, fighting for, for freedom, for for what's right. And so it's it's raising up a courageous generation. Um, we need a lot of courage, don't we? Yeah. I, I think we need a lot of courage sometimes to go to the grocery store. <laughs> it's, it's nuts what's going on in our country today. And I know that this is all happening, not in, again, it's not happening in a vacuum. It's happening right in everyday's life. We've all gone through the impact and the effects of covid and I, I'm sure that launching this would have been difficult in 2020, but uh, thank God those days are over. At least we we pray they're over forever. <laughs> you know, let me just interject for a second, if yeah. I can. My, I think with COVID, it really brought a lot of things to light, and that was the incentive to really start now with this program because parents were really seeing what their children were so-called being taught yeah, or that's right. schools that were trying to hide this gender ideology from them. They'd call the child one name in school and then at home, their real name. And so a lot of that I think was coming to light besides the other CRT and that kind of curriculum that was being um, pushed down them. And so that was, I think, a real incentive for them. You know, we need to start the K through 12 now and parents have been coming to Michelle with those kind of concerns. Now, to both of you, and you can either or, and both of you can respond to this. We hear all of this stuff, the ideology that and that comes out of, really out of government, out of Washington, D.C., out of the administration that's there now. You would think that the way that this is being approached, that it would represent Every American, like this is the most important thing, gender ideology, gender confusion, uh, all all of the questions about LGBTQ plus plus as go on and on and on. You would think that all of America would feel the same based on the emphasis that you realize they have. And yet, is it not true that they don't represent all of America, not even close wouldn't you find that to be true? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we are defending a, a teacher, a Christian teacher right now, who was, they were, the school was trying to force him to supervise a biological girl, in, and this is middle school, okay, a public school, trying to uh, force him to watch a biological female undress in the boys' locker room. And so we, in, you know, we uh, got involved, sent a demand letter, they finally stopped that nonsense, but they're still not telling the parents what are going on. They're forcing the teacher to lie about it as well. So there's a lot of things that are being hidden, you know, when you're sending kids to public and sometimes Christian schools. Yeah. And uh, we talked about that. And Michelle, I know that you would feel this as well. Just because you've got the moniker, uh, a Christian school, mm-hmm. And that is not necessarily equivalent to saying that everything that goes on there is going to be a Christian thing, right? I agree. Yes. Some of the parents that I've spoke to, even though their child is attending a Christian school, they've preferred to do homeschool with their child because they have more control of of what's going on. Because even in some of the Christian schools where it's been a brick and mortar, they've had bullying and other situations mm-hmm. going on where you don't have that situation at home. So it, it gives the parent the control to see what's going on with your child and be there to support them. You know, we talked about the impact of COVID on education and a lot of parents. I mean, this is kind of a joke among some people. They became homeschoolers in COVID when they would never have become homeschoolers for any other reason. And it's been a blessing for many of them. I yeah. think so too, because mm-hmm. I, I, there were a lot of parents and these parents are, are not, they're not, let's say, bought in on the ideology of all the gender stuff and all that. They just didn't know what was going on in mm-hmm. the public school system. And suddenly now they're interacting by 
keeping the kid at home and exposed maybe for the first time to some of the textbooks and uh, the information that's being taught there, that was an eye-opening experience, wasn't it? Absolutely. Another great feature from our program is that we have an affiliate program with the churches. So now we have different options for churches. If they don't already have a school within their church, they can start one. They can have a facilitator where they can use our curriculum within their church, or they can have their congregation actually like referral come wow. over to CJA, which is amazing. Now, some of these things that I've already heard you say, they seem so new. Has this been done in any other community, what Covenant Journey is attempting right now? Not that I know of. Not, not Holly, that. can you think of any other model that you guys face? Because a lot of this seems rather innovative. Well, I mean, there's a lot of different organizations and churches and whatnot that have Christian schools or online schools. But I think with our affiliate program and other things we have to offer, you know, it's uh, it's very valuable. Yeah, it sounds like it. And this began when? We launched officially in May, but we this has been in the works for about a year. Wow. So uh, when did you join the team? I joined in October. So it's going to be just about a year soon. So you joined before it actually got up and rolling then? Yes, I joined yeah. when it was still the vision that yeah, God had right. put on their heart, but it hadn't come to life yet. <laughs> now, I know that as a director of admissions, tell us what kind of process you go through. When you talk to parents, Or I, I would imagine that's really what you do at that age, right? You're talking to parents, yes. not the kids themselves. but Well, the kids actually get, we do um, Teams calls, so it's like a Zoom call, mm -hmm. and I get to present you know, a presentation to the parents and the child sometimes is on the video call as well because they want to see what they're going to be learning. And it's it's really neat. It's actually a blessing to see, you know, these families coming in, they have their concerns and or they have a situation and for us to be that answer to the problem that they're hoping to get resolved. But uh, they come in with looking for a great school. We show them what we have to offer and then they end up signing up and being really grateful. I bet they are. Michelle has are. many parents, I think, in tears when she's talking to them, don't you? I had a dad from another state that he actually was weeping because he said that some laws had been passed where if you didn't affirm, you know, if you have a daughter and all of a sudden she says, you have to call me a boy and you're as a parent, you're like, no, we're not doing that, that he could actually have his children taken away. And he was weeping. He was like, this is such an answer to prayer, what you guys are doing, because, and he got really emotional and choked up. Oh my, I can only imagine. Michelle Archival from Covenant Journey Academy, also Holly Mead from Liberty Council. Both ladies will be back with me in a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike right here on The Shepherd. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years experience, EC Waters is a top trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. Palm Beach Atlantic University Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. Thanks again for being with me here on Afternoons with Mike on The Shepherd. With me today is Michelle Archival from Covenant Journey Academy. Also, Holly Mead, who is Vice President of Media at Liberty Council, both working under and with Matt Staver and Anita Staver on this new adventure. It's really a, a tremendous school that they're having over there, Covenant Journey Academy. And we're learning all about that. And not only do you have all of the good organization behind you, but you've got, again, the power of Liberty Council and the reputation that Liberty Council has as one that will represent those that are fighting, let's say, loss of religious freedoms. That's got to be an encouraging thing for some of these parents. Yes, many of the parents have said that too. They're like, I, I, they haven't even gotten all the details about the program, but they say, 
I follow Matt Staver and Liberty Council. I see what he's done, and, and we're on board with this. We know that this is an amazing school. Well, I know that Matt was involved with us up in Gainesville, and there were some crazy things that went on back, oh my goodness, this is years ago now, maybe uh, 2013 or 2012 again, back when they were first dealing with this concept of making it okay that if uh, if a guy wanted to use the girls' bathroom, it's okay. And that was going on in Gainesville. And all of our Gainesville listeners right now, they're they're shaking their head, yeah. And that was crazy. And it was nuts. And it became a big, a big issue. And there were there were uh, some events. And those events, the, the news media everywhere always seems to just kind of dust these under the carpet. And yet there were some events, even in Gainesville, that were less than perfect. Exactly what you would fear would happen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and yet, when it came right down to it, that law passed. Mm-hmm. And so this is what I guess always just, it blows my mind that leaders of institutions like the colleges and schools in some some parts, and this is not just true in other states, not blue states, but there are things that's gone on in Florida, even in Leon County at Tallahassee where some of this was going on, where school administrators, where they found out a child there, uh, I'm thinking of uh, one particular incident, and you probably know which one I'm talking about, Holly, Uh, a child confessed to their teacher that they were dealing with some questions about her gender, and they instantly set up a wall between that child and the parents. And that happened in Florida. So I, I know that these cases are much closer than what a lot of people think. And I'm not trying to so fear, but I think people need to have their eyes open, right? Absolutely. And and with you touching on the colleges, I just wanted to mention that we also offer uh, college courses at the high school level where the students can do dual enrollment. So they can graduate with their associate's degree while in high school. So many options. And again, when I think back to having lived in Gainesville and a major university there, University of Florida, and even in uh, Orlando with UCF and all of these other places, the impact on students, uh, there are many kids that go there. And I think they're still under this imagination or this kind of growing up thing that maybe was passed on by their parents, that it's a safe place with regards to their their own emotions, their own, let's say, their own convictions, their their backgrounds. But when you when you get into the inside of some of these conversations, you find that what goes on and why what you just said is so important, what's going on in the background is a very uh, strategic attempt to kind of turn some of these thoughts in these kids around. And I'm not just speaking out of just no no way. I mean, I've seen it all happen firsthand. And that that's a concern. And I know that at the same time, there are going to be teachers, and I'm sure you would agree with this. There are teachers at all of these universities that we've mentioned that are, are believers, and they would never want this to be the case. But they fight in their own ways some administrations that uh, are leaning the the different direction, right? Absolutely. But that's why it's so important for these kids to have that foundation, that biblical worldview foundation, so that when they get out there, you know, when the attacks come and this warfare, they're prepared. Yeah. If they're not prepared when it happens, it can be overwhelming. Absolutely. Yeah. So you're talking about now you do all the way from kindergarten on up, right? To 12th grade. To Mm -hmm. 12th grade. Mm -hmm. So this school is is without a doubt, uh, it's in its first year. It's going to be a growing thing. It is growing already. I mean, we've, like I said, we launched in May and we already have many families that have enrolled and that are, we're getting calls consistently of people who are interested. So now is this model that's happening in central Florida right now? Is this, are you looking at taking this to uh, every other state? Well, it's available worldwide. It's not just here in Florida. Okay. So we get families from all over. It's already happening yes. that way then. Yes. Absolutely. Wow. Okay, now that part of it, I had not yet understood. I thought it was something happening only in Orlando. No, anywhere in the world. We're excited about that. Oh, wow. Six different languages. We even have sign language. So this model is already set up for that kind of expansion then? 
Yes. You've already got it going. Mm -hmm. And and it's based, obviously, out of Orlando, where where Matt's office, and I assume you office there as well? Yes. So this is pretty exciting. And parents, let's go ahead and throw the website address out there right now. CJ.academy. It's very simple. No, you don't have to put anything else. Just CJ.academy, and that'll bring you to our website. We have a lot of great information. We even have resources for parents. Um, different blogs on different subject matters. So, Wow. CJ.academy. What would be some things that parents need to know or maybe should know before they, they contact you for any kind of uh, consultation? Well, there's a lot of really great information on the website, but uh, there is a little link where they could click on it and they would schedule a demo with me where I can walk them through what a course looks like. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm sure you're getting people from both sides, those that have been, let's say, exposed to homeschooling before and those that haven't, right? Yes. For the parents that are experienced, you know, that are new, that with everything that's been going on in our world, they're like, I need, I need help. I need to do something different. They reach out to us. But then we also have the parents that are already homeschooling and they want to make a change or they want to supplement some of the courses with because they can use other courses and also implement CJA mm-hmm. as well. Well, I've got a, a this uh, this is so incredibly interesting, and I know people are going to be checking this out. Again, it's CJ dot Academy. Yes, and so Academy is like the extension. Then it's the on the other side of the dot, right? There's no dot com. <laughs> no, no, right. no, 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 no additional com, folks. No. It's just dot Academy. CJ.academy. That can't be much simpler than that. I think I, what she mentioned, though, uh, going back to what she had mentioned about the affiliate program, why that is so important, too, because you have a lot of parents that are having to work full time and they think, well, I could never homeschool my child. I have to work full time. Well, if you have a church that provides the affiliate program, they don't have to have the teachers. All they have to have is a someone there to like a facilitator, a facilitator mm-hmm. and they have everything they need. The, the curriculum and everything is right there. They can have their own little school mm-hmm. and that will help relieve some of these parents that are really want to get this education for their children, but physically they're not able because they're having to work during the day. Are you having churches join up as well then doing this? Yes, absolutely. We're, we're in the beginning phases of it, but yes, we've had a lot of interest. Wow. That's really exciting. And so all this began in May of this year, although you've been working behind the scenes several months prior to that, like you said, like the October before. And this this all came about out of uh, just the heart of uh, Liberty Council's leader, Matt Staver and his wife, Anita, as they want to see people become courageous and they need to become courageous in this world. And uh, this is not going to be, it's not getting a lot easier. A lot of people are expecting 2024 with the election coming up. uh, that Craziness might ramp up as well as with all the other stuff that we're hearing. So I'm sure you guys are getting geared up for an interesting year. You could be having a colossal growth in 2024. That's what we're expecting. Yeah. That the Lord is going to open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on on this ministry. Well, that's wonderful. Let's let's go back into your background if you would cuz I have to say uh there's some interest that that I think our listeners would have in knowing not only are you from Orlando, but I with a lot of my guests when I don't know how to pronounce their last name and I I thought yours <laughs> I I told somebody I was talking to this archival and I didn't think that was right. I didn't think that was it. So I uh, I do a lot of announcing mm-hmm. with, and a lot of times when I get uh, names that I don't know, I'll do a YouTube search to see if they're <laughs> ever interviewed and boom, there you are. And, but I, it wasn't in the context of Liberty Council. It was your previous job that you were doing, but, but that it wasn't even about that. It was about you as a singer. So, so tell me a little bit about that. Uh, I've been singing since I was little. Uh, I started out mostly in church, and I had the opportunity to record a Christian album. It's it's titled "Who Do You Say That I Am." It has four songs. How old were you when you did that? Well, that I did as an adult, but oh, okay. I've been singing most of my life. I in thought maybe you did that as a kid. I'm thinking, shows. wow, no, no, it was a dream as a kid that yeah. I, I didn't know would come to fruition, but it did. Glory to God! And um, so four years ago, actually, right when COVID hit in 2020. I released the album, Who Do You Say That I Am? And it's on YouTube and on iTunes and Spotify. And it it's just four songs that God put on my heart 
So you're doing all of that and you're going the effort of putting out a CD and then the, the pandemic hits. What did that do to you? Um, well, I, I wasn't able to promote the album much, but I feel like there was a plan and a purpose behind it. Uh, Even be, with yes, it. Yes. Yeah. So it's still there. I haven't been able to promote it much, but it, it is there. And you did this uh, locally in Central Florida? Yes, I did it through Heaven's Melody Studio. He does a, it, That producer does a lot of work with a lot of local Christian artists. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then there was one other uh, interesting tidbit. You actually were a contestant or you auditioned for American Idol. How did that go? What, that what was, happened with that? That was interesting. Yeah, that was a few years back. Uh, it was a nice experience. I, I had to wake up super early and I was the second person in line, but it was a nice experience. So where was that audition held? That was held at the Orange County Convention Center. Oh, it was in thousands Orlando. Thousands of people. Oh, yeah. okay. So you were one of those uh, thousands of contestants mm-hmm. and what happened in your audition? Um, I got to audition. It wasn't in front of Simon and Randy and Paula like it, you see on TV, but it was a nice experience to see what, how the process works yeah. behind the scenes. And so they, they told you that it wasn't the time for you. Is that what happened or what happened? They don't, they, I mean, you get to sing, they line you up. It's like three people and you sing and then they just say thanks and that's it. And then I guess if you get a call back, then you find out if you make it to the round where you get to, to the next round. Mm-hmm. But you actually did that. And I think so many people, very few of the singers that I know that I think would even have a chance of doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of them have never even attempted to do what you did. So that was great. What song did you sing? Uh, I think it was a while ago, but I think I sang the song, I Will Survive. (laughs) I know the song. That's it. And you did survive it. Yeah, I did survive. I'm here (laughs) to tell the story. (laughs) That's wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing that little tidbit. What happens with you in music right now? Are you continuing in, uh, in church and part of that? I do still sing in my church choir, like for when they have the Easter show and Christmas and who knows, God might have it on my heart again to release another album, this All time right. with no pandemic, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> that would be really terrible if you cut another one and boom, there we go again. And that would that might be a sign. <laughs> well, that's, that's really exciting and how cool it is. Are, are your folks, your family, are they still in this area? My family is in Miami, most of them. I'm here with my daughter. I have a middle school aged child. Mm-hmm. So. Wonderful. Middle school age child, mm-hmm. so sixth grade, seventh grade, that kind eighth of grade. eighth grade, eighth grade. Oh my, right on the precipice there. Mm-hmm. That's it. Well, that's really cool. Well, we've got a few minutes left in this segment. Uh, when we look at th- this whole idea of doing this, um, Holly, I'd love your thoughts on this. What was what was it like for Matt and the team as they're putting together a team to birth out these ideas and take something from a vision? for Covenant Journey Academy and making it a reality. What kind of work uh, effort did he have to put into that? Was that a, like a <laughs> a consuming job for a while all by itself? Well, I can't speak for him, I, you know, but he does put in a lot of hours every day because yeah. it's not just a school going on. We have various ministries. You know, we have the office here in Oh, Central and all of Florida, his work that he does. Right, and then we have an office in Washington, D.C., and we have an office in Virginia, so we're dealing with all these cases on a regular basis. So this was just a fulfillment of a vision he has. You know, uh, if you go back to Genesis, you know, Satan is very clear. He wants our seed, which is our children. And whether they're in the womb or outside of the womb, and I think you're really seeing that manifested with this whole gender ideology that we spoke about earlier. They're wanting to make, you know, get children infertile with all this medical mutilation they're going through and all that destroying them in that way so that number one you lose the country because that's our future and number two you lose the church because that's the future of our church so if you get to the children then you destroy both of those so and you know one of the pillars of liberty council is family and marriage um so it's very much on his heart and our heart to protect our future and we also take college students over to Israel and covenant journey trips. Mm -hmm. Um, Same kind of thing to, to instill in them their Judeo Christian heritage so that they will take that to heart and fulfill it within their lives and God's mission for them. 
I was going to ask, and I think you just brought something up that, that reminded me of that, the name Covenant Journey. Obviously, we're talking about a, your middle name is the is the fact that you're on a on a road trip. You're you're mm-hmm. down the road. You're you're on a on a mm-hmm. mission. You're going someplace. When you take a journey, you're going someplace. Right. Yeah. And and I'm sure there was some, a lot of purpose with that name, right? Right. Well, it started with Covenant Journey, which is our Israel trips, and the saying is the the journey begins in Israel and continues for life, and so. He took that and then applied it to, we also have Covenant Journey Travel, where we take adults on trips for Israel. And then when we started the school, it was Covenant Journey Academy, which is not really associated with Israel per se, but that same concept. But you're still taking those kids on a trip. (laughs) That's right. Mm -hmm. It's a trip down academic lane. Right. That will stay with them for the rest of their lives, hopefully. So, You know, I think it's beautiful. And I know that so many in in this uh, world today don't appreciate the fact that there there is still much fun to be had if they are getting a rounded education that kids they don't have to be destroyed like so many kids in public schools are being so challenging you mentioned some of the mutilation that's happening now not only with surgeries but medically speaking i mean the the, the drugs that mm-hmm. are being given to these kids are messing them up Right. mental health problems coming out the window. Right. And again, that's why Liberty Council defends counselors. In fact, we won two cases in Florida, went to the appeals court, one uh, in the appeals court, and that was two counties in Florida that were pushing these laws to prevent counselors from helping these children who come in voluntarily struggling with these gender issues, confusion or whatever that was conflict that are conflicting with their religious beliefs. They were pushing that, and so we defended Christian counselors and have won at the appeals court, which means that Florida, Georgia, Alabama, those three states are now protected. Counselors are now protected to be able to help them. Oh, that is great work. And again, not surprised, so grateful for Matt and Anita and the entire team, because you do have a team. You mentioned having an office up in D.C., And so you're always at work. My guests today, I've got two of them in the studio, Holly Mead and also Michelle Archival. And I'll be back with both of them for one more segment. Hang in there. This is Afternoons with Mike. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. Back again with my guest today, Michelle Archival from Covenant Journey Academy, which is all part of Liberty Council. And of course, we've got Holly Mead here. Holly's been uh, a part of this for, I don't know how many years, but ever since I moved back to Orlando, you've been there. I know that. How- Since 2016, yes. Uh, oh, my seven goodness. Seven years, I guess. Yeah. Okay, seven years. And we talked about the fact that this is a team effort that's going on with your school. And Michelle, you're the, the director of administrations. You've got a team working with you. Tell us a little bit about them. Yes, absolutely. So Sean Akers is our president and CEO Dr. Shanna Akers is our provost and executive vice president of academic affairs. And then Jeremy Hill is our principal. You've got a big team that's already started off. And again, there's got to be, I mean, talk about how you guys must use Zoom. (laughs) We've talked about that software and God blessed that company with that idea at just the right time because everybody used it during the pandemic. But now post-pandemic, uh, and I say that in faith a little bit with a, a twinkle in my eye because a, a lot of people say, yeah, it's coming back. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. no, we're not going to go there. I, I don't think they can do us twice. <laughs> I don't think so. But uh, you're use, these people are using uh, the technologies available with the Internet uh, to the max with that, right? Yes, absolutely. We're small but a mighty team. <laughs> That's great. And she says that with such a nice smile. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Michelle is, uh, the, again, the director of administrations. What caused you a number of years ago? What was it about that field that drew you into that? 
Well, I've always had a heart for for kids and and for education, but especially being a mom. I have a 13-year-old daughter, so when God led me and opened this door, I knew that it was a calling. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just a job. Yeah, so you had a little bit at stake and at interest in all of this. Yes. Uh, That's great. And and so what are the interests of your child? What are are they like? What what is, you said it's a daughter, right? A daughter, yes. Yeah, what is she like? She loves the arts. She's an artist and she loves sports. Wonderful. Yeah, and she loves the word. She likes ministering to people. So she's very involved with the youth at our church. That's tremendous. Mm -hmm. And again, I know just to give a shout out to Faith Assembly. And that's where you're a part of and you've been for a long time, right? Yes, Pastor Carl is amazing. We now have Pastor Johnny, who's amazing as well. But Pastor Carl was the senior pastor there for many years. Mm-hmm. And he's not senior pastor any longer? No. He's, I he's did not know that church. either. Uh, pastor Johnny is now the senior pastor, but Pastor Carl is still there every Sunday and Wednesday in, in attendance. And I missed all of those years when he was, <laughs> was doing that. I did not know that. Well, this is really exciting. Now, the kids that are coming in, Uh, Before we turn attention away from Covenant Journey uh, and back to some questions for Holly, uh, when the kids that are are you're you're dealing now and you're seeing how all of this is working out, what what is uh, the most exciting aspect about the process of seeing kids come in, start the classes, meet the teachers, doing the online stuff? What's the most exciting aspect for you? For me, I love to see how happy the families are with the results at the end where they came in, like I said, with a concern of like, either I need help or I don't know how to do this. And then to see that we have all of the tools necessary to make that possible to help them. And and just to see that the families all together in the house and the parents have control over what their kids are learning. That's got to be fun for the parents. Yes. And the kids love the flexibility too, that you can actually do an activity outside with your kids or go to a museum and that's part of their learning wow. at home. Yeah. And that's one of the things that we became homeschoolers back in 1985. And during that time, you talk about a weird time, there were still pockets in the country where homeschooling was against the law. Oh. And kids who were seen not in class mm-hmm. with their parents, if they were homeschoolers, they might get pulled in and basically sent to a truant office. You know, and so that that was kind of a weird thing. So we had to uh, really educate our kids what to say, what to say if we're ever questioned. And yeah, things have changed a lot. Absolutely. I'm grateful you're not having to deal with that. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Michelle Archibald, give us the address one more time where people can find out information. CJ.academy cj.academy let's turn our attention back to holly for a moment holly you guys have got to be getting uh, uh, geared up for what is going to be a crazy ride in 2024 with the election and with all of the stuff what are things that the liberty council are working on right now cases uh individuals what's happening right now as you eye toward this next year well, like I said, our three pillars, religious freedom, the sanctity of human life, and the family and marriage. So we have cases in all those categories right now. Sandra Merritt, who is one of the two journalists that went undercover and revealed that Planned Parenthood is selling the ab- video. aborted baby parts, mm-hmm. 15 videos they produced. Yeah. Uh, and then she worked with David Delighton doing that. And then that's when a, then Attorney General Kamala Harris sent her uh, little minions over and they raided his apartment and took all of his electronic devices and then started the process with criminal and and civil charges against Sandra and David. So we represent Sandra, been doing so since 2015, and had the civil trial, uh, it was before COVID, and the judge, who is biased, would not recuse himself. He and his wife support a Planned Parenthood and a so-called family center and so he pretty much he would not let the videos be shown in court which is what the whole case was about um pretty much tied the hands of the jury telling them that sandra was guilty uh, of which they determined um so now we have appealed that to the supreme court and we're waiting in fact they had their super conference yesterday so we're waiting any day now to get word if they've taken the case we're praying they take the case or if they've rejected the case or if they kick it down the road for later 
So that's, you know, Sandra Marin has been our largest case that we've ever had, the most expensive. The last trial was like six weeks in San Francisco. We're preparing for the criminal trial this November, which will probably be around four to six weeks in San Francisco, the same the same kind of deal. So it's been so expensive for that one. Uh, Kim Davis, you may remember the former mm-hmm. Rowan County, Kentucky clerk. Yep. That case is not over. Um, even though she was given the accommodation by former Governor Matt Bevan, the two same-sex couples came after her and sued her because they, quote-unquote, did not get their marriage license from her. They were able to go any other office. In fact, there was one even closer, but they wanted to make a whole scene about it. Um, so they sued her for damages, and the judge said she was liable, which she is not because there were no damages. And then so we had recently had the uh, jury trial. We had two juries at the same time listening to the same case because there's two cases. There's the Yates case and the Ermold case. So the jury in the Yates case determined zero damages within like 45 minutes. And then the other one, the Ermold, gave the two um, same-sex couples a total of $300,000 in damages. And that's because, and they had no evidence of any kind of damages. First, the the one said, "Well, he was fired from his job at the university," which the HR director said, "No, he was not. <laughs> I mean, not for that reason. It was not because of Ken Davis." Then it became about hurt feelings. Well, they hurt our feelings. We're getting slurs on social media, et cetera. Well, that that's not something you can call as damages in court. So we're going to be appealing that. And our prayer is that eventually that case will go to the Supreme Court and hopefully overturn Obergefell. Um, so it could have a bigger, uh, bigger swing than absolutely. even that case. Absolutely. So we've got those going on. Like I said, we were helping that one Christian teacher who was being forced to uh, observe a uh, a female in the boys' locker room, and um, other cases that are going on. We're filing an amicus brief in the Arizona pro-life law case. We've been filing amicus briefs throughout the country. Now we hear that phrase a lot. And I think few people, unless they're really into law, what the amicus brief, explain that. It means friend of the court. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, our Supreme Court case, uh, Shirtleft versus Boston, where we went to the Supreme Court, we had many, many other organizations file amicus briefs, either in, in support of our case or against our side. Um, so you have both. And so we do the same. Like once the Supreme Court overturned Roe last year, then the pro-life and the sanctity of life is now given to the states. And so either the states had trigger laws in place. Some did. Right, and some didn't. And then the, your Planned Parenthood, your pro-abortion organization or whatever are su- suing on those, about those. Uh, and so, for example, in Arizona, there is a pro-life law right now that is, that is in the balance there. So we are filing amicus brief in support of the pro-life law. And we've done so in other states as well. Okay. So uh, basically that word means friends Friend of, of the, the court. court. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. All right. And, and there's so many things going on. I know in Florida recently, the, the state Supreme Court, not the U.S. Supreme Court, but the state Supreme Court began listening to the oral arguments uh, surrounding uh, the 15-week mm-hmm. abortion ban in Florida. Right, and we actually filed two amicus briefs in that case, and I actually listened to the the uh, the court argument, which was very interesting. But we filed two. Uh, we have a Liberty Council and then also Liberty Council Action, which is our public policy organization, because you can't technically file two. So we had one from each um, on behalf of that 15-week uh, law and also another precedent, which was Matt was a part of years ago, called NRETW, which we're asking the, tor- the court to overturn that as well. So My understanding is that if the court were to uh, back up this 15-week law, it would automatically trigger into the six-week. Right, correct. And that would, that would be a huge win for Absolutely. pro-life in Florida. Absolutely, because Florida, unfortunately, is really a sanctuary for abortion right now. It has become that. It's a shame, a real shame. So... You know, but we have some really good pro-life justices on the Supreme Court at this time. I know of one of them, and she's very pro-life, but they have to look at the whole Constitution and what all that means. So we're really praying for a good decision there. What is anticipated in terms of a timeline? Do you know? Uh, I don't know when that decision will come out. 
Uh, yeah, it Whatever happened. they decide. It, yeah. <laughs> and I don't think there's really any precedent to follow with all that. It could be months. It could be weeks, mm-hmm. right? Right. I mean, that's a big case. So I'm sure they're going to take their time wow. with that. But I have no idea. It's Whenever the courts make decisions, it's kind of like, and I usually write press releases in response to those. So it's like, oh, okay, the court makes a decision. Then they have to write out a press release. We don't usually get a heads up. You know, yeah. like even with a Supreme Court case, we're waiting for Sandra Merritt. Uh, they're supposed to release their orders on Monday. Uh, we may know then, we may know before. So they don't give us a whole lot of heads up. <laughs> right. Keeps my job interesting. <laughs> I am sure it does. And and you mentioned earlier, Holly, that it's pro bono with what you do. You Absolutely. don't charge. So it would help, I know, Liberty Council for people to donate and, Absolutely. and to give. How can they do that? Well, like, for example, Sandra Merritt, the case, the most expensive case we have already that we take, it's she's it's probably in the millions for that case right now. Um, and we've had other cases where we can, when we win the case, for example, in the shirtlift case, we can't we can get uh, a winning from that, which is also a financial incentive. But mainly, we we depend on these people that are you know that partner with us mm-hmm. and say, I want to be a part of what you're doing and donate because we don't charge any clients. A penny. Right. Never. I think people would be surprised when they hear that. Yeah, never. We never charge anything. So we really depend on those people. And, you know, we have we have our press releases. We have our Liberty Alerts. We have emails that we send out to keep people educated and informed in what we're doing, what's happening in the culture and society, you know, regarding those three pillars. So we want to, that's a lot of, and then, of course, we do two daily radio programs and we do a TV program. All of that is to help inform and educate people so that we as the church can make a difference. Well, tell Matt, I said hello, and I'm praying for him. And they can you, go to lc.org. 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 That's right. That, you guys are the, the kings of, of simple website domains. I love that. <laughs> lc.org. I think, one, I think they got that one back when you could have just two letters. So. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right. So great to have Holly Mead here from Liberty Council and also Michelle Archival from the school that has now kicked off out of the Liberty Council. It's called Covenant Journey Academy, and that is cj.academy if you want to find out information. Thank you, ladies, for being here. Thank you Thank so you much. Thank you so much. Man. Hope this has been as fun for you Absolutely. as it has been uh, informative <laughs> yes, for me. This has been, been a great. pleasure. Thank Absolutely. You. All right, and friends, thanks for joining us as well. We'll see you next time right here on Afternoons with Mike. Mike.